137th parallel on America's haunted highway, it's Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange. Hey everybody, welcome back to episode 157 of Pixelated Paranormal. And this episode, I think, is going to be very, very special because it's going to be full of elves, goblins, and trolls. Ooh. Yeah, exciting stuff. But I wanted to ask a question real quick. Is there anything new in your guys' lives that you uh, are up to doing, making, or um, started doing just to kind of keep yourself halfway sane? Some some self-care, maybe. Oh, uh. Yeah, actually, I forgot. I have my own. Uh, <clears throat> I have my own listener story that uh, Steve was kind of a part of the other day before I muted my microphone on Xbox. <laughs> okay. So um, I'm making Krampus bust now. I've decided that I'm going to get back into sculpting and I'm going to do like cryptid bust or whatever. Mm-hmm. So the first one I made, um, you know, I sent you guys like kind of like the step-by-step process where like, you know, he was baked and then I started adding the washes and then I added the authentic woolly fur uh, mm-hmm. to bring him to life. And so uh, Jeffrey walked in on it the first night while he was in the <laughs> kitchen drying and it freaked her the fuck out a little bit. And then the next night I put the hair on it and that morning... I moved it to the front room without her knowing and was taking some photos to put on Instagram. And uh, she got out of the shower, walked across the house, and uh, went to go make her cup of coffee. And she looked in the TV room, and there was no fucking Krampus. So she was, like, freaking out that this little, like, demon-possessed, you know, bust was moving on its own. And uh, she found it in the other room. Well, later that week... My uh, truck broke down, and I had to go um, get it worked on and everything. And so in that process, I decided to stay the night at Mom and Dad's. And uh, I had the truck towed out there, and it was just going to be kind of a nightmare driving all the way back to Park City like really late Saturday night. So I'm like, fuck it. I'm just going to crash on their couch, use their car the next morning, go get the parts, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Well... Later that evening when she got off work, she came home and she took a shower and it was just her in the house. Addie hadn't come back from her grandmother's yet. And um, so she's in the shower and she just got out and um, she heard like somebody whistling a tune. And then the dogs started going apeshit like they're freaking the fuck out. They're barking. So she's like, who the fuck's whistling in the house? And so she's like running all around. Doesn't see anybody. She finally gets the the dogs calmed down. Um, So she called me and she's like, you know, when the fuck are you coming home? And I'm like, well, you know, I'm waiting on the mechanic. I'll, you know, be home in like an hour or two. So she calmed down and then went to the kitchen and made herself a, a cup of tea. And in her peripheral, she saw a shadow from the kitchen in the living room move. And when she turned around, there was nothing there. But the uh, turn handle for the mini blinds was sitting there swinging back and forth. And then the dogs start going ape shit again. And Saturday night, while I was uh, staying the night at mom and dad's, um, she suffered a bout of sleep paralysis where like one eye wouldn't open and like one arm she was trying to reach the phone to call me. But she couldn't get the phone screen to turn on. 
And then finally, she just kind of passed back out. So she's pretty sure that I've uh, created a, uh, you know, like a uh, um, a portal, (laughs) like a tulpa for this uh, (laughs) Krampus doll for it to be possessed. And so when I started making your Krampus head, uh, she came in the room the next day and she's like, "What the fuck? Why are you making another one?" And I'm like, "It's (laughs) what I do, baby. Summoning a fucking party, do." Oh, that's fantastic, man. So, yeah, that's what I'm up to. I'm making a demon-possessed uh, dolls and, uh, you know, surviving COVID-19. There you go. So she wasn't kidding whenever she posted on Facebook that that thing was freaking her out. Because I made several <laughs> jokes about, like, that's just pretty much what you yeah. get with Preston. Like... <laughs> right. Oh, that's nuts, man. They do look good, I, uh, though. I... Yeah, they're they're pretty yeah. awesome, dude. It makes me want to do one, but I'm not half the I'm not a quarter of the sculptor you are, so mine I think would be pretty poor. Well, you know that one sculpt uh, that the zombie bust that you painted though, you know, you do an amazing job, so you know. Well, thanks. I can I can paint okay, I think, but I didn't sculpt <laughs> that either. <laughs> yeah, I definitely want to paint mine too. I'm just no good at painting. Man, I know. I need to bring over my paints and uh, sound like a little kid, a little school kid. Bring over my paints, and then we'll do that kind of uh, finger paint, eighties neon acid wash. Yeah, on that'd here be fucking tight. We should, uh, you know, like uh, when uh, all those uh, housewives have that uh, paint by numbers party, like paint the town. We should have our own like paint this sculpture night. I don't know. I don't knock that shit. I think that sounds fun. A paint by numbers party that'd be awesome. Not bad. They're relaxing. Shayla and I did it a couple times, and it's, yeah. it's not too bad. But we should up it a notch and you know paint satanic sculptures. <laughs> so it, it's funny to do it and then be the only. I'm gonna sound really narcissistic <laughs> here. To be the only actual artist in the room. Oh God! Push up your fucking glasses, yeah. nerd. <laughs> <laughs> to be with all your friends and their spouses and whatnot, and then like they're up there instructing you step by step how to paint this thing, and then you're just sitting there like. Yep. yep. Bitch, you need a number. <laughs> <laughs> Done. Done. <laughs> uh, well, I uh, I started doing a little bit of yoga, and today before the episode, we uh, we actually went out and did some hot yoga at a Limitless Studio here in uh, Wichita. Shout out to Limitless Yoga Studio. What is hot yoga? Uh, it's yoga, but it's like I don't know exactly the temperature. Maybe eighty degrees oh. or higher in the room. So you sweat your balls off. Yeah. Yeah. You literally do, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, I was very damp afterwards, but it felt good. felt real good, but if you've got any kind of blood pressure issues or taking new blood pressure medicine, it will knock you for a loop. Yep. That would, yep. That's yep. why I don't do well with heat. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I never thought about yep. that, so, yeah. Cool. And then I, uh, I just found the Night of the Living Dead 50th Anniversary Vinyl. <laughs> and potentially tight, uh this saturday you're gonna get your hands on a record store day special of army of darkness re-release that is that's yeah. this weekend isn't it i thought record that was september well yeah they, boo, broke, they it broke it up, up right? into three different saturdays well i know but i thought that i thought that that the the one that that one oh, no, the, the army of darkness was no in september. it's august it's this weekend yeah. cool well, hopefully you uh, get that it, Sean. fucking uh, Dr. Dre uh, 6 LP is oh, in September. Biggie. Yeah. Yeah, and then my uh, Pepper is in September, yeah. I think. No, October. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because I'm going to take off 
my birthday, and I'm going to go to that with you in September. But the one I want is in October. 7 a.m., bitch. That's what time you got to be there. Uh, that's not hard at all, man. We'll yeah, sit out there with your guys' fucking greased mustaches <laughs> and fucking corn pop pot. Corn, corn pop. <laughs> corn pop. <laughs> Corn. Coffee beers. Yeah. God. <laughs> I can just imagine all the fucking PBR and palmade I'm going to smell there. That's awesome. I just, I really hope that, uh, I don't know, I don't want to do all that just to not get the one. Yeah, thing you I might want. get a David Bowie, though, because that David Bowie is like acoustic special edition, so. Yeah, I'd be happy with that, I like, guess. You just need to go and at least get one thing. That's what I'm going to do on September for my birthday. Just go and that's get the, one thing. The bad thing is, like, I really just want that one thing. Yeah, but even if that's not there and you don't get it, it would yeah. suck. But yeah. just go for the experience, yeah. man. Who knows? They might have other waxworks hidden in the back anyway. So, like, yeah, you don't get a record store mm. day, but you walk Fucking away with a waxwork. So. <laughs> Dude, I've already been tainted by the, uh, the thrill of the hunt. When I went to that FYE and found that Night of the Living Dead, on a whim, I decided to ask if they discount it because the bottom corner of the uh, sleeve was kind of creased. Congratulations, you him. stepped into the steering yeah. room. I know. No Man, shit. can you knock off $2? How's the feel to be this low? <laughs> well, I, I thought, like, shit, 45 bucks for this thing is really kind of steep, seeing as though this is, you know, bent. So I just asked I just can't believe a retail straight. store did that for you. Most retail stores don't do that. Well, to be fair, that album came to out in like fair. 2018. <laughs> to be fair, oh, it came out in 2018, so they've been sitting on it for two years and no one's, you know, bought it. And I went there specifically to find it because a month ago when we went over there, uh, they they had it then. So I just asked him. I was going to get it no matter what, but he's just like, oh, yeah, how about $29.99 with some tax? I was like, yeah, take my money, dude. Then in hindsight, if I wanted to be a real jerk, they had the original Child's Play uh, double LP soundtrack there too, and I almost went back to get that, but tight. I saving. Yeah, I decided not to, so we'll see. But Steve, what's new with you, man? Anything going down in the club? No, I. Uh, there was, I mean, kind of in a way relates to show in a way. I kind of don't get on like too many tangents because it's, I want to keep it kind of show related. But uh, listener Chris, he got um, this new PC and shit. We've been playing around with it. And air, aircraft, uh, Microsoft Flight Sim Simulator came out. And you're probably like, why are you talking about this? Um, it's a technological feat. Like, it, I've never, the last time I felt that, that like, oh my God, this is so revolutionary, was the first mm-hmm. time I held an iPhone in my hand. And I was like, this is unlike oh, wow. anything I've ever seen before, you know, when smartphones weren't a thing. And it felt like that because they mapped out the entire world with satellite imagery and created this AI to create 3d environments of airports and neighborhoods and anything that you can see from a satellite. So like we spawned where he lives is in a small little town in Kansas. And then we drove or drove, we flew over like where I lived, where other friends lived. And it was one-to-one representation. It was crazy wow. shit. So it's not going to be detailed, but literally, like, there is a building represented yeah. in my house. Yeah, so, like, we flew over your house. So when you fly over your house, it will be the bird's eye view, obviously. So when mm-hmm. you go down low and, and pull the throttle back so you can fly low in a biplane, it won't look the color of your house. But from the top, it'll, like, render what it would think it would look like. Wow. It's crazy shit. So the reason I'm bringing this up is because um, they said they're going to support this game for several, several years to come. Uh, and it's crowd 
crowdsourced, so to speak. So they're going to be able to like let as drone technology gets better and better, they're going to be able to let people like upload their high high quality photo and video to try to let the AI build better details of buildings and stuff from what I hear. But um, DLC. So like if they mix in something where you can like do like a UFO or some shit. Oh my God. That's what I was going to ask. <laughs> yeah, it'd be yeah. so cool. That would be rad just to put a UFO in there. But like massive people. It's nuts, man. Like you have, uh, I was watching, I haven't done this on Chris's yet. I hope to do it this week, but um, there's like a, a way you can go to the globe and just hit a button and it just spins it around and just lands on a random airport anywhere in the world. It doesn't need to be an airport. It can be an airport, landing strip, emergency landing strip, military. Like it's fucking hilarious. Like Chris mm-hmm. and his cousin had, uh, they were flying, <laughs> flying over Area Fifty One and shit. And I was like, "What happened?" I was like, "What happened?" He's like, "That's what I was gonna ask." Like, that's, there's nothing there, uh, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> now what about Roswell? Did he hit up Roswell? Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure. But I know. I mean, that's got to be the somebody had to have put something. Like in a little, there. yeah, a little nod. And I haven't flown over yeah. the White House yet. I'm gonna try that tomorrow. I want to see what happens when you fly over the White House if it's like restricted airspace or something. Yeah, because I mean, at some point, someone's gonna look at that and think about how, yeah, theoretically, we could be training spies to you know map out the different buildings and you know. The dude, US, it's so. it's. I mean, it's not just the U.S. though, dude. This is worldwide. <laughs> you got. Oh, like, I mean, we great. went to Dubai, um, Amsterdam, like all kinds of places. Like, and it's just it's one to one. It's fucking crazy. And then like. You can do flights, so you could do like simulated flights. Like if you want to go from Florida to Spain, no, I don't. There's a flight for it, and you can fucking fly <laughs> it. It's pretty nuts. And then if I can fly the Red Baron plane, I'll be down. There, Jeez. there's like autopilot and stuff too, but it require they like simulate like things like you know you can have it simulate things anyway. But that's nuts. It's pretty crazy. I don't dude. Know. It's pretty pretty impressive. <laughs> Preston and I would just simulate the waitress bringing us cocktails. Yeah. Yep. Right. <laughs> other than that, cocaine and coffee. Other than that, there's not cocaine been and coffee. Anything? Just been cool. Hanging with friends and trying to stay alive and busy and mind off shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> keep your keep your head down and get through this fucking mess. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, I I know uh, we've got a lot of stuff to cover this episode, but I wanted to hit you guys with kind of a surprise question. Um. Is there, with with all this quarantine or before this quarantine, is there any one movie or TV show that no matter how many times you watch it, no matter what time of day, what kind of mood you're in, that just makes you lose it and just cry like a sniveling little baby? Mm, the Green Mile. The Green Mile. Green Mile is a good yeah. a good choice. Um, at the at the end of that movie, when uh, he's watching that movie, and then they, <clears throat> you know. Put uh, John Coffee to death. I cry like a yeah. bitch. Spoilers for all the people out there who haven't seen Monster. <laughs> if you haven't yeah. seen that movie, get fucking yeah, dead. Right? Like you're doing yourself a disservice. So um, I don't know. Like there's different things. Like I've been wa- re rewatching. I there's certain movies that I watch when I'm like depressed or down that mm-hmm. instantly bring me not bring me out of that, so to speak, but make me feel better or like let my okay, mind yeah. at ease to go to sleep and rest it off. Um, there's two movies that come to mind. They don't make me cry though, but Breakfast Club and Jumanji are like hardcore, like nostalgic, make me uh-huh. feel good movies. I'd say probably for like crying, I would probably say, I mean, as cliched as it is, Notebook. Did you hear my dog just rip a big old snort? No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. What a mood it's cool. killer. That's cool. <laughs> I'd probably say Notebook. 
Um, and then, okay. and like, but notebooks, like not a movie I watch all the time, but, uh-huh. uh, Marley and me as well. But if it's a movie that Ooh, makes God, me, yeah, with a pet, that makes sure. me cry that every time. And the one that I like to watch a lot, most definitely perks of a motherfucking wallflower. Love that movie. Ooh, I've never seen it. So good. Very touching, you know, coming of age tale and deals with some pretty emotional shit. And it's really good. Yeah. Huh. I should check that out sometime. You should. Well, the reason why I ask is I was just thumbing through like just random YouTube videos. And then I went through my saved videos and it brought up the speech of Akaton, Akaton, uh, from Doctor Who. Sorry, I, I know I butchered how you pronounced that. From the episode of uh, Matt Smith's 11th Doctor series, The Rings of Akaton. If he messed that and up, that- you know who needs to write in. He, he's laughing <laughs> yeah. at it right now as I'm saying this. I probably know he is. is. Yeah. <laughs> but it just it dawned on me that like, you know, I'm not I'm not a I'm not the world's biggest Doctor Who fan. I don't mean that like I could I just I I love it, but I'm far from the biggest fan. Right. You know, like there's people out there that live that, breathe that. You know, our buddy John is the, an omnibus encyclopedia. But I'll be damned if fucking Doctor Who didn't just bring out the tears in random episodes when I'd least expect it. Yeah, it's real. And, we're good about it. It's not just Doctor Who, though, dude. Tomorrow, when I go over to Chris's house, we're going to watch all of Afterlife. Oof, That's what it yeah. is. It's British. It's You think it is? I think, I think me and you are on the same wavelength when it comes to Brit and, and Chris as well. Yeah. Of, like, British humor, British, just their charm. In, in the way they do their stuff. I mean, like, look, look at something like afterlife or Derek afterlife is like the last thing you want to be joking about, but the way they deliver yeah, that shit, true. you're fucking crying every episode. Derek's the same way. It's just so mm-hmm. charming. Doctor oh, dude, who yeah. with that writing, like, like it, it's the same shit. Like it, it's so emotional. And I, I'm not going to attempt to sit here and be like, I know everything about Doctor Who or I quit watching it when a certain guy became Doctor um, just because I, <laughs> I fell off of it and I haven't went back to it. I want to. I have the Blu-rays. He's let me borrow them. But yeah, Doctor Who's like a bad breakup, though. Like when you finally it is like you get so attached to that person. And once they once they regenerate to somebody new and, and but that's the thing, though, that's what that's what's so good about that show in British things. What I'm mm-hmm. saying is that connection, that charm. You who was the uh, who was the first doctor? Of the, of the new stuff, Eccleson, Chris Eccleson's. So Eccleson and Tennant have been my favorite two doctors. I haven't watched anything past that. Yeah. Like it just doesn't yeah. do it for me, so I'm with, done. With the ninth doctor, it wasn't too hard of a transition because I feel like it's someone maybe you dated for a short period and never really got a connection to. Mm-hmm. And then Tennant came out, and you're just like, oh, God. He's like, your first true love. He's your You'll f- never get over him. Yes. <laughs> He's it's fucking true. It's so true. It's I love you, true. too, and you don't get to fucking say it back. Fuck. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, everything with him and Rose uh, just kills. But, no, like, there's a there's an episode, The Rings of Akatan, Akatan uh, in Matt Smith's run, where he delivers a speech. I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. And I'll be damned. Like, I can be in the most cheerful mood and be like, boom, make me cry now, bitch, and I'll hit play. And at the end of it, I'm just like. <laughs> yeah. There's. <laughs> just a really great speech. Is there man. a song with a company video that does that for you? You'll never guess mine in a million years. Um, I don't know. But also, real quick, the Vincent Van Gogh. There's a Vincent Van Gogh episode as well. Uh, and I won't spoil it, but uh, Vincent Van Gogh makes an appearance 
and the end of that episode just fucking yeah. just does me in no too. matter what but yeah and quickly watch Derek if you guys haven't watched Derek the way I sell that show to people and nobody's ever come back and said they hated it it, it is a very sweet show and uh, it's basically in a 22 minute episode it'll make you laugh until you cry and then cry and just when you think the world's broken it'll make you laugh yeah it's really very good. great show a song that makes you cry. I don't yeah. know. When did this show become all about men's yeah, feelings? I, <laughs> I mean, I don't know about a song that makes me cry, but if I listen to like, if if, if I want to make an emotional, if you say "tool," I'm gonna reach through this virtual no, tube no, no, and no. smack you. No, no if I it, it, there's a, there's several times where I've wanted to. I've been in like a, a rut, like you know, like depression has really kicked in for me, mm-hmm. and I'll I'll go to painting, and I really want to convey those emotions and I will sit there and while I'm painting, I will listen to Radiohead's go slowly and I will fucking just break down a ball like a bitch and f- use that paintbrush all over the canvas and just make the most depressing piece you've ever seen in your whole entire life. So for me, it's yeah. go slowly by Radiohead. Nice. What about you, wow, Sean? Wow, Interesting. I don't know. That's a tough one. I know that there's certain songs I'll listen to and like, if it catches me in the right mood, like, I'll be singing it, and for whatever reason, like, I'll get kind of quivery. Um, there's some stuff that uh, the Gaslight Anthem has done, and Brian Fallon has done some of their uh, He's good. more acoustic yeah. stuff. And, like, that shit will trip me up, man. Um, What's that oh, song gosh, where it's I like, I like the blue jeans and white T-shirts and tell that to whatever if she calls or writes, like that shit. Yeah, you tell that to Janie yeah, if she calls. Yeah, that, that one. Uh, I think that, here's Looking at You, yeah, Kid. Yeah, I think so. Um, man, I gotta find out the name of this song. It's so good. But speaking of tool, we did have a listener uh, comment in on the uh, post uh, from Facebook. Awesome. So go fuck you guys because yeah. uh, people do listen to tool. <laughs> yeah, Joe wrote in and said yeah, that Joe, he likes yeah. Kesha and tool. Yeah. <laughs> I love Still a tie. Thanks, good. Joe. So yep. mine is oh, um, man. Yeah, very surprising. And uh-huh. I just realized this the other day. Every single time this song comes up on my YouTube, I, I like to watch a lot of music videos on YouTube, and YouTube has a pretty good algorithm for what I like to watch. Um, every And if I'm in the car, same time. Every single time Lil Dicky's Earth comes on, it makes me tear <laughs> yeah. up. Every single time. I don't. It's just so infectious. It's so it's so hopeful. Yeah, it's wholesome. It's a wholesome shit song. And like makes you it's wholesome and like it's so good. And like every time I'm just think about the video and the colors and it like it does. It gives you it gives you hope, like how shitty the earth is now and the world mm-hmm. is and everything that's going on. And this song came before COVID. Like, you know, and before all the just the insane stuff going on in America right now. This is more focused towards the earth and global warming, and but then they, he also touches on stuff like uh, inequality and racial dividedness and all that type of stuff, and and like it's it's just it's so good, and every single time it just makes me tear up. Like I don't know what it is. It's so weird. What's one song that gets you pumped? Uh, obviously, Jock Jams. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I tell you what, if 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 I'm if I if I'm at work and uh, I need a pep in my step, I will listen to Ninety Nine Problems by Hugo, and I'm fucking like pumped. I'm ready to go. Oh my god, really? Yeah, Ninety Nine Problems, but a bitch ain't one. That's awesome. 
<laughs> I just, I still can't get over Steve's fucking knee jerk. Uh, jock jam, obviously. Pump, okay, the song. The jam, pump it. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, real quick. Uh, thank you. That reminded me of the song that fucking gets my blood pumping. Quickly, uh, on the Sleepwalkers album by Brian Fallon, the final song, See You on the Other Side. Um, that song, I heard it for the first time all the way through. Um, the night after Shayla and I left um, Aaron and Eric's house in Valley Center, the night before they moved, and that just uh, gutted brings me you because, back to a touching oh, memory. Jesus, yeah, even now my nose is burning. Yeah, because we listened to it. Shayla, uh, she fell asleep because we were there so late helping him pack and move. And Preston and I, I think we went the next day. Presto, you and I to help him load the truck. Um, but that night before we were there, just just forever, man. Just just talking and hanging out, and just you know knowing that if we didn't leave then maybe like you know nobody would go anywhere so we always kind of hung out and did the awkward like no one's talking looking at the floor and shit that's how uh, matt's night was when matt went to <sighs> jesus that's a Alaska. that's actually an era that i fucking just tried to forget yeah yeah that was super sad when matt left yeah, yeah that song a song that gets my blood pumping dude is jock james <laughs> <laughs> it's sandstorm by darude <laughs> nice there was a night when me and Brady, I think you were there too, Steve. We were we were drinking and just having a really great night. It was like deathly cold outside and someone was in the bathroom. So me and Brady went outside in the backyard to take a leak. And that song came on. And it's, I don't know what it, what it is. Nostalgia again? I remember that. Like you, said, you guys were like jams. almost fucking playing sabers. We were. We were taking leaks dancing. Like hardcore, like... <laughs> electro light rolling dancing while we're yeah. just standing there with our dicks in our hands being oh that was a blast you guys man. ever remember like when you were a kid riding a bike and you'd like have like a, a cassette on or whatever with headphones and you'd listen to a song and just get you going oh yeah yeah that for me was that jock jam shit or <laughs> or the fucking uh, uh, born to be wild by Steppenwolf get your motor run and you fucking just one. pedal harder and I was still fat back then yeah. too so I was like oh back tired about the pop off and shit <laughs> um yeah dude zz top lagrange yeah dude oh that fucking uh, drum that shit when i was little anything you know in the air tonight by phil collins yeah. like that that drum solo fight me it's one of the best preston i'm still uh, gonna i'm still gonna when they go to spectrum next i haven't been in there since me and you were in there but if they have that zz top greatest hits i'm getting that shit oh man hell yeah i dude. want that shit so bad um and also james brown man like steven you've been there yeah if, if it's a, if it's an early morning and I gotta get up and like get my blood pumping, especially during shower time. Turn, oh, dude, I love a good shower, James. He's Brown, in there man. fucking with the shampoo bottle and all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's, okay, it's, it's, right. <laughs> it gets me going, man. Oh, that's great, guys. It's, it's been so long since we talked. It's I mean, it's been over two weeks since we recorded. So yeah, mm-hmm. fuck it. Let's just yeah, go balls you guys, out. You yeah. guys got a very very uh what do you call that intimate ask me anything that nobody yeah. asked for <laughs> nobody asked honestly me. Like we like we that. we owe the listeners like two episodes for one so i mean Indeed. if this one goes a little bit long like they deserve it right so okay so speaking of the news we want to go ahead and give a shout out to our listener danny danny's on instagram at danstagram underscore conrad and he also hosts the i'm just kidding podcast you can find on itunes and other uh, podcast places but anyway he hit us up and tagged us on this instagram the instagram actually i've never heard of it before um it was fever dream official which is the official instagram of icelandic rapper 
Vigdis Hauser Harthardotter. I believe I pronounced that slightly proper. Um, but yeah, she's an Icelandic rapper, and she went to this part of Iceland. Um, it's called the Dedefoss Cliff or the Dedefoss Waterfall. And this video, she says, I feel like this creepy video that I posted on my story needs an answer. Shot on the cliff of Dedefoss, Iceland, close to the capital city of Elves, uh, Ashbergi. No people in front of us, and only a cliff so steep it could not carry anyone. We even went too far in my taste. Then I noticed much later this creature in my video and then a head popping up at the end, looking like the girl from The Ring. No drones, no birds, no plastic bags. What is it? I'm not crazy, right? It looks hella whack. And in the video, it's just her, you know, filming this really amazing looking waterfall. And as she's zooming in, the camera's panning, you know, towards the, uh, the water rushing down. You see this kind of weird looking, I don't know, like jet black Smeagol looking creature kind of possibly scaling up the wall of this, uh, this waterfall up this cliff. Didn't it look CGI to you though, a little bit? <sighs> okay, so the problem I've got is yes, to a degree it did. I don't know what kind of angle you've got as an Icelandic rapper or any kind of, you know, rapper filming a fake video of a, a cryptid, you know, of a, a sighting of an elf or a fairy. Dude, any, you don't understand. <laughs> okay. So when it comes to like, when it comes to anything. <laughs> NPR is good. Yeah. PR. Anything, anything <laughs> regarding when you're trying to build a career out of something, whether it be music, art, yeah. book, anything, it's all about vir- virality. How do you say that word now? Yeah. Um, I think that's pretty good. Books are dedicated to this shit, giving you ideas Mm. of how to make something. Um, Her strategy could be, hey, I make this video and it's going to get a lot of hits, maybe shared on some sites where it would reach a bigger, like, for instance, it worked on me. I didn't look who this pick, who this profile was. So I didn't know it was a rapper. You told me, I'm like, what? An Icelandic rapper? wonder what that sounds like. It makes me what want to she check were thinking out. It, or what you're saying is she was thinking that, well, shit, if I want some major clout, I better post this video so Pixelated Paranormal yeah. is going to go ahead and do Grammy. <laughs> but I was on... you got to think bigger. <laughs> Strap us on to the jetpack, baby. We're taking you places. I was yeah. on board until they zoomed in on it because, like, when uh-huh. you look at the original video, it looks authentic. Like, there was some weird, like, black furred creature moving around and then when you zoom yeah. in on it like somehow it mysteriously gets like these big bulbous eyes and then that's when it starts to look fake but that could be because she's so far away that like when you zoom in on it it gets so pixelated but just the original video itself like yeah that's authentic but then it loses all credibility when, like when you super zoom in on it try to figure out what the fuck it is yeah, because like, well, and that's and not only that, but like when you zoom, like I'm watching it, it's starting over now. The, mm-hmm. the waterfall's going, and then as it goes into the thing, you see like a, a white hue around it to where that would be like oh, really? CGI'd in. Hmm. That's what it feels like. I just me. noticed that as the camera's getting closer to it, there's a bit of a jump, like the film kind of lurches forward. But then my argument to that would be you're filming off of a camera phone, you're in the heat of the moment. Like, these things are kind of glitchy. Like, I've filmed shit before, and my camera's lagged out, and I've lost a little bit of footage, you know? So, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm 50-50. I want to believe, but I know it's probably easily faked. Um, but what's weird, Presto, is, like, watching the video here, you don't see, like, eyeballs, like, big googly-boogly eyeballs on this video, do you? When they z- when they any. super zoom in on it, like, you see the whites of the eyes, and then, like, when you watch the movement, it looks very puppeteer-like. 
Yeah. It could be. I don't see the eyes myself. Um, oh, I but, see streams. I mean, no, I'm just joking. Yeah. <laughs> so another person in the comments, another person in the comments say it could be like an optical illusion thing. So could they're be, saying yeah. there's no way to get down there, but underneath that where that thing is at, there could be like a whole other walkway. People can get closer to the mist if they want of the waterfall. Mm-hmm. And that could just be mm-hmm. somebody down there with a puppet or some creepy looking thing. Yeah, and I mean, that that's a good argument, too, because she says here clearly she's at the capital of the elves, which, I mean, we all know on the episodes of uh, Thieves in the Night, um, you know, the, the Hildefolk, the hidden people, the hidden folks, are very prominent in yeah. Icelandic and European folklore. So, I mean, that's just like anybody going to the locks and then being like, I took a video of Loch Ness Monster. You know, you already know where you're at, so... So in the the research I did for the episode tonight, like when I was looking up, like, trolls and stuff, you actually find throughout Icelandic and Scandinavian, like, just the websites, um, the, the folklore mm-hmm. of trolls and the hidden folk is so prominent that they've actually, like, gone in and, and made, like, natural rock sculptures to look like trolls. And so, like, a lot of times when you go sure. throughout that countryside... Like, there really are stone trolls that artists have created just to perpetuate mm-hmm. that folklore, so. Well, we have the troll here um, over at yeah. the Riverwalk, yeah, which I is think really cool. rad. It's super badass, man. Um, but yeah, there was actually a story, and again, the magic of editing. Let me find this thing real quick. Um, it's all about vi- vi- viral. That's what it is. Yeah. It has to be, because all of her other posts, 240 likes, 100 likes, 80 likes, thousand right here that one mm-hmm. what is it at? 74,000 okay 53,000 come on mm-hmm. man another really funny sighting that kind of relates to that what you're saying presto is you know installing actual sculptures and areas I'll, I'll touch on this on the next episode there was a, a story about a guy who was um, navigating this cave and he found this photo and it's like this famous like cave golem picture and I think it was like the Cox Caves maybe and uh, anyway, basically, this cave was supposed to be like this guided tour you could take and have a bunch of like fairies and trolls and all these different kind of creatures that would be in the, uh, you know, in the cave systems in that area. And apparently the project got actually um, abandoned, but they never went in and removed the actual sculptures. So there was this kind of like early, 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 um, you know, creepypasta kind of deal where this guy's like, yeah, I went to this cave and I snapped this one photo and it's this you know, like goblin troll thing crawling out the side of this, you know, uh, the wall of this cave. And for years, everybody's like, oh my God, there's, there's actual cave trolls. And then you find out, no, it was part of this, uh, God, it was either called like the Cheddar Cave or the Cox Cave. Um, anyway, I'll, I'll link it uh, or put, put photos of it in the Instagram. But yeah, so I mean, clearly that stuff could happen too. And Steve, you might be onto something, man. She might just be doing this for clout. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? Damn it. I want to believe. Me too. I want to believe. Well, we got to. We got to be Scully, man. Post... Yeah, but I want to believe an Icelandic rapper who. Look does... at you two be Scully. I'll be Mulder. <laughs> but yeah, we want to give a big shout out to Danny because that's uh, that was actually it's a fun video if nothing else. But you know, um, let me see if I can pronounce her name again here. Uh, Hartha Dotter defended the video, insisting there were no drones, birds, plastic bags, or anything else in the area. Very few people around, even. So apparently, she says, the cliff face was even too steep for anybody to be on, 
But, of course, we do have, you know, a nice ring of online detectives and sleuths, and they said what they think it could be is somebody down on another uh, cliff underneath where she's standing, and that could be the tripod of a camera with possibly a GoPro on it. And if you look again at how that little creature kind of moves, he kind of like juts up and down, that could easily be what we just saw. Very possible. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I hope it's a, an elf, but... I don't know. Knowing now what I didn't know earlier about, you know, the clout, so to speak, Stephen, I think you could be onto something too. Indeed. But you know what? PR is PR, so we're going to go ahead and regram that and see what happens. Regram. <laughs> see if we get a bunch of Icelandic followers. That would be awesome. Anybody else got any news before we move on? I do not. Sweet action. Cool. Well, just as promised, let's scratch off the elves of this episode and move on to goblins. I wanted to talk about a very famous case from Zaragoza, Spain, known as the Tale of the Zaragoza Goblin or the Zaragoza Phantom. Have you guys ever heard of that tale, either nope. one of you? Never have. Okay, well, this is a fun one. Okay, and please, um, lots of background noise right now. I, I think my air conditioner is still humming along in the background, so... I'm excited it's about to be fall so I can turn that puppy off. So sorry, guys, if there's a little bit of an annoying fan in the background. So our tale begins on September 27, 1934, in an apartment complex on the Gascon Gator Street in Zaragoza, Spain, on the second floor of the Palazón family's home. It's on that day that the Palazón family first began to hear the strange laughter, screams, and voices echoing from the walls of their kitchen, specifically from the stove's chimney. Their chimney systematically connected to several others in the unit in the building and then extended up and outwards the roof. Now perplexed and slightly amused, the family thought it could have just been a simple prank from some of the kids up on the roof. So in the beginning, they just ignored the bizarre noises. But a couple hours after that morning's incident, the Palazone family had seemingly forgotten about the noises and returned back to normal, but not for very long. See, the Palazone family employed a young maid named Pasquela Alcasor, who had just arrived that afternoon for her normal job at the residence, completely unaware of the commotion that occurred earlier. So she milled around the kitchen, putting away the dishes, and lit a long wooden match and was just about to light the wooden stove when suddenly a voice came from within the stove and it cried out. You're hurting me. Now, Pasquela recoiled in horror like any of us would do, and she ran out of the kitchen and into the living room where the members of the Palazón family were sitting listening to the radio. They all looked on in horror as a maid's face twisted in fear and she stuttered to tell the family what exactly just happened. The, 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 the stove, there's the, 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 something in the stove. And as the family began to console the maid, they heard an angry voice echoing from the kitchen. The light, the light, I cannot see. Pasquela burst into tears, and then she told them how she had heard a voice from within the stove and it was unlike anything she'd ever heard before. 
She was terrified the sound could have been a small child, like a little girl, who was calling out from inside the stove's pipe. But instead, it's a creepy troll pedophile. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Over the next few days, the family would go on to hear more strange noises throughout their home, accompanied by the same disembodied voice. They'd walk around the house, being skeptical of the noises, and ask, Where are you? To which the voice would reply, Inside the stove. And then days would pass in which nothing could be heard. And then for days on end, they'd hear a lowly, mournful cry coming from within the stovepipe. As the days wore on, what could only be described as a tormenting type of haunting things turned for the worse inside the residence. The voice, once sounding like that of a little girl, had now morphed into a guttural, demonic voice. And late at night, for no reason, the voice would demand, Turn on the light so I can see. Both the practical observers and those who truly believed the voice was of supernatural origin started thinking that the unknown presence was a duende. The term duende translates roughly to elf or goblin. The beings come from Latin American folklore or an analogous to fairies, sprites, or goblins. They're natural spirits that can have a range of traits or significance ranging from being benevolent pixies to mischievous bogarts, depending on the tale. As it would turn out, the Zaragoza duende was much closer to a bogart, a giant pain in the ass. What officially is a bogart? A bogart's kind of like a just a real dick of a goblin. Kind of imagine yeah. like a house elf like Dobby but just a real asshole. So like how where did the term like your boat your your bogart in the joint come from? Uh that's Humphrey Bogart. Really? <laughs> For real? Yeah. Oh, okay. Is that right? I, I, I mean don't know. unless we're wrong and it comes from you know, goblins stealing all the pretzels and shit. Yeah, like, I mean, because I, you, you ever heard that in, like, stoner movies? It's like, you're bogarting the joint, man. Quit bogarting. Like, I thought that I mean, tip, yeah, it just means hogging yeah. it for yourself. Huh. Or something to troll with Maybe do. bogarts were, like, pack rats. <laughs> Fucking dick goblins. <laughs> Don't be a bogart, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> goblins stealing all the weed. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking weed goblins. The fairies are all about the pixie dust, so it must be the... That's true. They fucking love their angel dust. (laughs) (laughs) So with the whole building aware of the voice now coming from the supposed stove, stove goblin, local interest in the house began to grow. Curious onlookers would crowd around outside the house and try to catch a, a glimpse or a snippet of the spirit's conversations, and the befuddled Palasone family didn't know what to do. In the months since the voice had begun... It was said to both ask and answer questions and took on a particular interest in the Palasone's young maid, Pasquela. Of course you did. The voice would even... <laughs> greasy bastard. <laughs> right. The voice would even call out her name and laugh maniacally. <laughs> Pasquela! <laughs> now finally, with the family unable to root out the source of the disturbance or even cope with the presence any longer, the Palasones went to the police in mid-November of 1934. It's unknown whether or not the police would have gotten involved had local interest in the Zaragoza goblin not beginning to take on a tenor of hysteria. But with authorities involved, the phantom voice became angry, almost annoyed that officials were beginning to actually meddle in its fun. (laughs) Cowards! 
You called the police. Now, the officials were sure it was just a hoax perpetrated by one of the inhabitants of the household. They were so sure of it, actually, they brought with them a psychiatrist to evaluate Pasquela, who, according to the police, was sure that she was behind the voice that had been tormenting the residents. While most people believe the sounds were of some kind of prank, the logic was that it must have been coming from somewhere in the building. The roof itself was taller, though, than any around, so it was so isolated, the access to actually easily get on top of it was almost impossible. So police ruled out it being local kids simply yelling down the stovepipes. So, seeing as though they maxed out all their scientific explanations of the possible pranksters, they called in masons, not Preston and his friends, but actually brick <laughs> masons, carpenters and plumbers, all to the scene in hopes of making some sense of where the voice could be coming from. But as the investigation unfolded, the police and everybody else inside the residence at the time could still hear the laughter emanating from the stove once more. So one of the police, annoyed, simply yelled into the stove. Uh, who, who are you? But there was no answer, just soft murmurs of the spectators outside the street hoping to catch a glimpse or hear the goblin. What do you want? Do you want money? No! job? No! Good God, man, what do you want? Uh, I'm not a man. The next day, the befuddled police began investigating the stove itself and called in an architect whose presence didn't seem to phase the phantom voice in the least bit. After what seemed to be an uneventful day with little to no retort from the Duende, an architect had ordered one of the masons to take some measurements of part of the wall that was next to the stove. So the mason took out his tools, and as soon as the architect asked what the measurements were, the voice suddenly spoke out from the stovepipe. <laughs> oh, don't worry. It measures 75 centimeters. But to the surprise of everybody in the kitchen, the mason measured the wall and found that it was exactly as the voice predicted, 75 centimeters. So the masons were so unnerved by the strange haunting that they actually ran out of the building in such a hurry they left behind some of their tools. To everyone's surprise, the phantom voice went on to mutter to them even more bizarre structural knowledge of the building itself, something that wouldn't have been known to the residents or the general public at the time. So with no more answers or a plan to find out what the perpetrator was, the police and utility workers decided to take an extreme turn, and they shut off the electricity and the phone lines to the residents, just to see what could happen next. So then the building was completely evacuated, and a team of police and volunteers began guarding the building morning and night, keeping a 30-yard perimeter around the home, so whatever mischief maker was behind the voice couldn't return. Doctors and psychologists were brought in, as well as a priest who sprinkled the stove with holy water, and thus things were silent for two days. But then, just as soon as it stopped all its communication, the voice surprised a group of neighbors and visitors 
by suddenly exclaiming, Cowards! 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 Here I am. Bring them back or I will kill everyone in the family. And just like that, the goblin was back. And the Palisone family had finally had enough. So with police in tow, guarding them from the unknown voice, they packed their things. And on their way out the door, the youngest boy told his father, Let's go, Dad. I'm tired and I went to sleep. The whole thing is crazy. But then to everybody's surprise, the voice responded, Interest in the Zaragoza Goblin was reaching a fever pitch. A Barcelona radio station tried to get someone to put in a microphone in the room so they could broadcast the voice, and members of Scotland Yard were actually planning trips out to the apartment to try and solve the case. By November 30th, the governor of Zaragoza had finally had enough and called an end to all the goblinoid silliness, asking for the people to essentially settle down and help find out who the prankster was. Meanwhile, the police and utility workers were still patrolling the old house, and the voice would still cry out to the police, taunting them. I'm coming! I'm coming! And that joke's too easy, so we'll skip it. (laughs) But nothing ever appeared. And on December 4th, the governor himself issued a statement that the perpetrator of the voice was discovered to be none other than the young maid, Pasquela Alcazor, who he had said had been performing a voice via something he called unconscious ventriloquism. Understandably, Pasquela herself claimed to be completely unaware that she was apparently throwing her voice while in some sort of fatigued state. The official who'd been presiding over the investigations claimed to have seen it himself, vaguely explaining that it was the result of a psychic phenomenon produced only in certain circumstances. Bullshit. So basically, it's it's the 30s, she's a woman, obviously she's in hysterics. Ridiculous. Bullshit. The psychiatrist on the scene was able to extensively analyze the young maid, and Mr. Joaquin Jimen Oriera separated Pasquela from the group and he began a series of questions. He would come to the conclusion later Pasquela was indeed behind the voice. However, it was due to a, quote, phenomenal mixture of hysteria and subconscious ventriloquism. Pasquela, however, flat out denied any involvement in the strange ongoings and believed herself to be a victim of the so-called goblin, just like everybody else. But interestingly enough, to prove his theory, the psychiatrist and others asked Pasquela if she could accompany them one afternoon while running some errands. And with that, they hoped once she left, the voices would stop. But to their surprise, the voices continued long after. It would talk and cry at times, even when Pasquela was nowhere to be seen or nowhere near the building or the street itself. With that, the psychiatrist's theory went up in smoke and out the stovepipe, and a more sinister feeling began to engulf the gathered group of investigators and family members. 
Now, of course, arguments are made that a young girl was nowhere near the premise and most of the strange talkings had occurred when she was absent. But for city officials, the matter was at an end and they were happy to move on, blaming everything on young Pasquela. Now, labeled as a perpetrator and a fraud, but with no evidence to arrest her. She was allowed to return to her hometown to get away from the judging eyes of those in Zarasoga, sorry, Zaragoza, and the building eventually went back to relative normality, although future tenants would still go on to report ghostly sounds, but it seemed the goblin had left the building. No culprit or explanation was ever settled on for who exactly was behind this elaborate Zaragoza goblin hoax, but the city seemed to be happy to just try to straight forget the entire incident. But not all reminders of the goblin were erased. The original apartment building that held the goblin stove was demolished in 1977, but the new building that stands in its place still bears the name Edificio Duende or the Goblin Building. Ooh. And thus is a tale of the Zaragoza Goblin. Weird. Yeah. yeah. I think, honestly, what I think it is, is most likely the answer to all any sighting you see in a house or ghost, black mold. Swamp gas? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> black mold. <laughs> black mold, the swamp yeah. gas of residences. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they always say, anytime there's like any kind of, any kind of illness, oh, maybe there's black mold somewhere. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, presto, so from elves to goblins to trolls, what do you have for us? So long before there were people who sat at computers abusing other people online. Or themselves, if you know what I mean. There were real trolls in the world. (laughs) And they lived in Scandinavia and possibly, at the end of the episode, the U.S. of A. Now, a troll is a being in Scandinavian folklore, including Norse mythology. In Old Norse sources, the beings are described as trolls dwell in isolated rocks, mountains, or caves, live together in small family units, and are readily helpful to human beings. In later Scandinavian folklore, trolls became beings in their own right, where they live far from human habitation and not Christianized, and are considered dangerous to human beings. Depending on the source, their appearance varies. Trolls may be ugly and slow-witted, or look and behave exactly like human beings with no particularly grotesque characteristics about them. Similar to the online troll. There you go. (laughs) Trolls are sometimes associated with particular landmarks in Scandinavian folklore, which at times may be explained as formed from a troll exposed to sunlight on his bum. So, you know, (laughs) sunlight hits his ass and turns to stone. Trolls are depicted in a variety of media and prop in modern popular culture. One of my favorite is Troll Hunters on Netflix. Nice. Nice. Such a good movie. Yeah. Let's go fucking check oh it out. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. I loved it. And trolls predate the arrival of Christianity in Scandinavia by many centuries, probably millennia. But when it did arrive and traditional folklore was adapted to suit the times, the trolls too changed their behavior. They developed a hatred of church bells. It was said that they couldn't stand the smell of Christians. People told stories of rocks hurled at places of worship under construction, sabotaged by angry trolls. (laughs) 
Now, this first story <laughs> comes from Gabriel Gatehouse, who believes he encountered a troll in Stockholm in the summer of 2018. Looking back at it now, I think it might have been mm, a real-life troll I saw that late summer's night in Stockholm. He was a slight build and dressed all in black. I tried calling out to him, but he ran off, seemingly more scared of me than I was of him. Bitch. I learned about <laughs> them as a child. My mother, whose own mother was half-Swedish, would read to me an old book written in unfamiliar language. The yellowing pages, which smelled of dust and magic, possibly piss, were filled <laughs> with pictures <laughs> were filled with pictures of what looked like giant gnomes huddled around fires and skulking in caves. They had pot bellies and pockmarked skin, long curly hair with large drooping noses. Racist. It was said that they couldn't be <laughs> enticed out of the forest by the smell of coffee and bacon. Who wouldn't be? Some were benign, others malign, and none of them looked anything like the creature that ran away from me outside the culture house in central Stockholm this evening. What's culture house? Um, fuck, I don't know, like a coffee house? Shit, okay. I don't live in Stockholm, bitch. <laughs> this is your story. <laughs> Which is probably why I didn't make the connection immediately. The creature in black emerged out of the shadow of the culture house into a pool of light beneath an advertising hoarding. His pale face was briefly flashed beneath under a dark cap that was pulled down over his eyes. The face that stared back at him from the billboard was giant by comparison. The creature in black looked... F- furtively about him from an inside pocket he pulled out a strip of paper and stuck it on the poster directly over at a cheese eyes some dude's eyes i guess <laughs> it was then he noticed me i wouldn't have thought much about it if it didn't have been for a strange reaction he began walking away at a fast pace hey i called after him i was curious into a side street and broke into a run I chased after him, our footsteps clattering over the cobblestones, but I lost him down an alleyway by the side of a churchyard. I wandered back up to the poster. The strip of paper had two words on it. Nedge, oot, which means no, out. So the the one thing that stands out in the story was the fact that he chased this, this person um, and then all of a sudden lost him which is kind of like a telltale sign of a troll because like you're, you're chasing the troll and all of a sudden they disappear. Then they reappear uh, like further out. So the fact that he was chasing him, he could hear the footsteps and then all of a sudden he disappeared kind of later on. Online troll. Yeah. But what I like (laughs) about this story is the fact that this troll was trolling because the, the billboard that he left the strip of paper on like a social media post. Yeah. Was of feminist mm-hmm. Chamanda Nazis at Chile, which was a Nigerian feminist that made movement in Sweden. So, like, he's like, eh, fuck this shit, and put a sticker that said no out on this billboard. So, let me get this right. This guy encountered the Karen of all trolls. Yes. <laughs> I'm impressed. <laughs> so, I came across this story, and I, I hate, hate the modern day society that we live in because like back in the day, like you could search anything like folklore trolls or whatever, and you would get a million hits on what you want. So I'm Mm -hmm. looking up for like all these troll encounters and that's like the first thing that pops up. And then I'm not getting any, I'm not getting anything else. All I'm getting is, um, the like crappy kids movie that came out by Pixar this year. (laughs) And then Pixar, don't you disgrace them. 
And then like the common internet bully and how to deal with them. So it's like, I came across the real life troll. His daughter was a bitch. This is how I handled the situation. And I'm like, this is not the troll that I'm looking for. So he's not the trolls. 40 minutes later, I stumbled across this article written by mysterious universes, Brent Swanser. And uh, now we're going to drive up the paranormal highway of America, people. So strap in. Because when you're on that highway, you would expect that the common cryptid encounter would be old Squatch himself. But an encounter from a cryptid that seemingly is hard to categorize is actually more common and is referred to as the road troll. So America does have trolls. Written of extensively huh. by author Jerry D. Coleman in his book Strange Highways and the follow-up More Strange Highways, the phenomenon of the road troll is deeply a weird one, and it encompasses a range of rather far-out reports giving similar descriptions of a certain hairy troll-like creature allegedly prowling the darkened highways and is mostly seen by truckers. And hold up, what's this? The follow-up book to that. More strange shit on more strange shit highways. <laughs> more scary highways to tell in the dark. What is Pork Chop Express? This Jack Burton twit. <laughs> Big Trouble Little China. Who the fuck is that? Oh, okay. <laughs> right. Because you were like, tell her, tell her, okay, I got it now. Yeah. Is that me? Okay, I wasn't sure if you were. I uh, I was looking up a oh troll God. movie. Yeah, when some wild-eyed, eight-foot-tall maniac grabs your neck, taps the back of your favorite head up against the barroom wall, and he looks at you crooked in the eye as he asked if you paid your dues, you just stare at that big sucker right back in the eye, and you remember what old Jack Burton always says at a time like that. Have you paid your dues, Jack? Yes, sir. The check's in the mail. Steve, check your big book of bullshit for a peg-legged cryptid. We kind of hinted on it back in the day. But I lost the fucking page. We kind of made fun of it back yeah. in the day. You're like a fucking Bigfoot pirate. <laughs> yeah, Bigfoot Rock. pirate. And I was like, with a fucking peg, like what? So I'm looking through the books here. He's listed under other hairy humanoids. He does not get his own little paragraph. He gets a sentence. It's on page 38. <laughs> I remember that yeah. guy. Yeah. Jesus. What a schlub. It literally just says peg leg. A hairy humanoid with a wooden leg spotted along the highways in Georgia in the 1970s. Damn, this troll can't get no loving. Does this concur with what you're about to tell us? So, the creature is often described as a hulking, hairy humanoid of sort, often dressed in filthy, tattered clothing, and oddly, with a wooden peg leg, in most of the reports. He's often mistaken for a drifter before the driver draws closer and sees that the creature is perhaps not quite human. The rash of odd sightings apparently began in 1981 with a very bizarre sighting made by a trucker called Gary Durbin of Ingefin, Illinois. And that year, Durbin was apparently traveling through a remote, remote stretch of road through Tyson uh, Mountain in Arkansas, just east of the fuck <laughs> Ochicacha <laughs> National Forest. Ochicacha? Ochita National Forest. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? I mean, dude pronounced Arkansas wrong, so I mean, yeah. what do you want? Anyways, this motherfucker was carrying a load of chicken headed towards Chicago. The driver was a, a rather harrowing one, or the drive 
was a rather harrowing one, uh, dark with numerous hairpin turns to navigate. And at one point, he passed what looked like a hairy, disheveled-looking homeless man with a peg leg, standing forlornly at the corner of one of these treacherous turns. At the time, Durbin thought him to be just some derelict and even allegedly thinking to himself. Now, that must have been a real mountain man waiting to get really run over. So Durbin made it uh, to a truck stop a, lo- a little further down the road and stopped for a cup of coffee, after which he hit the road again, traveling over I-55 and finally making it beyond the state line to Missouri, where he stopped at the rest area. As he pulled out of the rest area, he claims that he once again saw the odd hairy man with the peg leg just standing there along the side of the road, staring at him which sent a jolt of shock and surprise through Durbin. He reasoned to himself that the stranger must have hitched a ride to get so far in front of him, but it was all very unsettling to say the least. Bizarrely, Durbin would have, uh, would over the, the years see the curious creature a total of five times in such a far-flung local as Texas, Arkansas, southern Missouri, southern Mississippi, and northern Florida, and he's still not quite sure what to make of it all. Now, he stands good six six five. His peg is just below his right knee. It's similar to where his nuts hang out of his under trousers. But then I noticed <laughs> down there it's made of wood. It looks like it at least. I've always seen it by the road towards the evening, just to pass the rest air truck stop, leaning towards the road, only moving his head a little. Very long hair and a beard, light brown in color. Covering his entire face, except the eyes. Old type clothes, ripped and torn. Seemed like the same clothes. The creature carries a little hobo type pouch with him. Probably where he keeps his gypsies coins. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, over the years, numerous truckers have come forward with similar reports. In almost every report, the description of the appearance is very close, if not identical. And that peg leg is inevitably often mentioned. Coleman would say in his book... Other drivers I interviewed admit to seeing peg leg as well. In a truck stop south of Dallas, Texas, one driver told me of a peg-legged man he saw next to an interstate split outside of St. Louis. Another truck driver interviewed in Atlanta swears he saw a peg-legged hairy man standing just a quarter mile from a way station in Florida. Is peg-leg a wild man? Bigfoot? road troll, a driver's road angel, or simply a traveling gent we've termed as a hobo. Or a dirty hippie. <laughs> <laughs> In 1983, Coleman interview- interviewed a woman only known as Barb Bar- of Des Plaines, Illinois, who told him of a rather frightening encounter she had with possibly the same unexplained creature. Barb claimed that she had gone on a trip by car to visit her sister in Alabama, and she reached her destination without incident. Upon meeting her sister, the two went on their way to a mall in the area, which was located on I-20 and I-59 by Green Pond. As they made their way there, they passed a wild-looking man by the side of the road who was described as being six foot in height with very long hair that hung in his face and whose clothes looked like a car had dragged them. I like how Preston gives himself this part. <laughs> the man, or whatever it was, just looked at us. 
A look of curiosity, I'd call it. Wait, did, we both agreed did you get this out of that book? No. Okay. <laughs> Are you slipping one on us? <laughs> we both agreed it had a wooden leg or a walking stink in front of its legs. We weren't sure. I felt guilty that we didn't call the police to check it out. After seeing the creature, or whatever it was, it like totally changed our plans. We didn't go on to the mall's plan and said, so shaken and concerned, we stopped by a nearby coffee shop and quietly sat composing ourselves. Another sighting was made in the winter of 1988 when a trucker calling himself only Gunslinger was headed for Chicago. <laughs> what a great handle. Along... <laughs> yeah. Candy cane. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Gunslinger was uh, headed towards Chicago, Illinois, along I-255. And according to Gunslinger, when he was about 12 to 14 miles from Alton, Illinois, he saw what appeared to be a huge, unkept, hairy man in worn-out clothes hobbling alongside of the road. So odd was the lone figure's appearance that he slowed down his truck, after which he was shocked to see it was even more bizarre than he had possibly counted on. Yeah, yeah, he stood over six feet tall, maybe even seven feet tall, and uh, long hair, and it covered his face and its arms, and the creature had a peg leg just below its right knee, and it's wearing uh, very out-of-date, torn-up clothes. It didn't move until the truck got, like, right next to it. I was going fairly slow when I got a, a excellent look at it, and honestly, I didn't think it was real, but it turned its head and looked at me, and I'm not sure what I saw. Thoughts of a wild, weird creature quickly crossed my mind, and I'm sure it was no ordinary hitchhiking man. <laughs> in uh, 2000, there were at least two separate sightings of the strange creature. The first was in March of that year when a trucker named Brad Royalty claims to have seen a large peg-legged man with hair all over his body standing along I-44 outside a big cabin. Uh, the, the thing was tall, hairy, had a wooden leg. I first thought it was a bump, but it freaked me the fuck out. Then it just stared. In uh, summer of that same year, a husband and wife trucker Holy shit. saw the same road troll in Boonville, Missouri. Oh my god. <laughs> Again, with the peg leg. Okay, so as as we record these people, the listeners, I don't read any of this ahead of time because I like to be surprised. <laughs> Whoever, the certain person, Chris, you're listening right now, I know you're chuckling just as much as I am right now. We went, one of my most famous videos on YouTube is my friend Casey in the back of my car as we were fucking broke down in Boonville, Missouri at a truck stop. Oh, wow. And <laughs> it's him doing the Golem impression. He's very, very good at that voice. And I did it in like negative film and it looks hilarious. And it's gotten mm -hmm. like over like 260,000 views on YouTube. And uh, every time we hear Boon... Is Peg Leg in the background? <laughs> every time we hear of Boonville, we think of that. And now I'm going to think of this. That's hilarious. Boonville! Yeah. Boonville, yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, it's my turn, sorry. <laughs> the man with it, it, it didn't even act like he was hitchhiking or doing anything. No vehicles broke it down within miles. And to be honest, it looked like a huge scarecrow. It had an artificial leg and a lot of hair all over its body. So sightings continued when, in June of 2003, 
A pastor named Jim Washington saw the thing as he was driving along to a church service in Tennessee. He saw a massive hairy man who appeared to be limping along Highway 181 just outside of Unicoi. Good job. Yeah. Washington at first passed the stranger, but then decided to turn back to see if he needed any help, thinking that it was perhaps a crippled homeless man. But <laughs> when he returned to the same spots minutes later, the man had apparently vanished and was nowhere to be seen. He actually turned around uh, to run him over. <laughs> uh, I felt sorry for him and uh, wanted to help if I could, so I turned the car around and... Uh, it took me like two or three minutes to get turned around, and then he was like gone. He was so wild. Oh, it's strange looking with an obvious disfigurement of the leg. I think it was wooden, I don't know. And I, I can't imagine anyone picking him up. I can't explain it, and he appeared lost. Can't imagine listening to a preacher talk like that for an hour. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Jesus was on the mountain, and he said, Lord. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> oh my god! Uh, so in total, Coleman has personally con- uh, collected eleven such sightings made of the so-called road troll, ranging from 1981 all the way to 2003, and spanning across the uh, the country in the states of Illinois, Missouri, Florida, Alabama, Arkansas, Texas, and Tennessee. With every one of these cases describing what appears to be the same creature from totally independent eyewitnesses. In most of the cases, the eyewitnesses describe as being reliable and not prone to telling tales, leading to the question of what these people could possibly be seeing. And to end his books, Coleman stated the following. If one insists on sticking to their theory of drivers seeing road trolls due to hallucinations, then address this next question. How is it that even some short-run drivers, drivers that have just begun their trip, which are well-rested and drug-tested, have seen and reported these road trolls? But more importantly, how would the skeptics explain away such cases as the mother of two headed to the mall, or the pastor going to church to a gathering, both who claim to encounter a road troll? These later two cases are not alleged drug-taking truck drivers, deprived of sleep and spinning yards. They are average citizens, out on a thought-to-be-average trip. Perhaps it's an unknown entity of our mind, an unexplained homo amalius, with little purpose, playing cosmic games, or with a lot of purpose changing fate to those who see it. Does the witness think they have seen something stimulating or alerting these drivers back to reality where their minds have been drifted from, with the task at hand, or, in Barb and the pastor's case, an obvious detour in some direct path of travel, possibly delaying them and others, avoiding an accident awaiting around the next curve of changeable fate? So, with uh, Barb... Who you know was yeah Barb on this uh, tr- trip with her sister, and then they saw the road troll, and then they went and had coffee. So when they got done, they actually turned back around and they went home, and they found that Barb's nephew had fallen from a tree and um, had broken his leg. So like the the bone had punctured through the skin, he's bleeding all over the place, and so this idea that like had they not encountered the the road troll. 
they probably would have gone on to the mall and then got home hours later to find that their, you know, her nephew had bled out. So is this kind of like a, an omen, like something you see to help avoid danger, or is this an actual cryptid? So I found it interesting that like uh, when you go to look it up, some books will actually say like peg leg is a Bigfoot, but here's an author and some of the other research that I found that said, no, this is a distinct cryptid. Like this is an actual troll of America. Road trolls are making America great again. Nice. What, okay. Here's the question. If you were, have you guys ever picked up a hitchhiker before? No. Okay. Neither. But I'd pick up a road no, troll. I've watched no. fuck yeah. Bitch, I've watched enough fucking unsolved mysteries and uh I'd be like, come on, Mr. Abs- road troll, Lifetime get in the back movies. of the pickup. Let's go for yeah. a ride. Yeah, not even that. Hey, what's funny is um I'll tell the story next episode of uh our harrowing float trip experience. But uh we were ending we ended up having to hike like four miles down the side of a highway because uh we had to go get a car um during a river float and we almost decided to have me or Eric jump into a guy's car who offered to take us for a four-mile drive back to one of our vehicles. I would do it if it, if I had somebody with me. You and yeah. you and Eric are more than capable of overtaking one man. Well, here, here's then you the situation. Your, your, your other company. Well, not even that. The problem was the dude pulls up. Super nice guy, by the way. Um it pulls up in this Jeep, rolls the window down. It's basically um, California surf Joe <laughs> Rogan. Literally pulls up in this nice black Jeep. Rolls so, the bros. Down. <laughs> hey, what's up, dudes? What's going on? You guys need any help? And we're like, oh, man, you know, uh, we lost a couple inner tubes in this river, and now we're just kind of hoofing it back to our car. It's supposed to be up at the, you know, the horseshoe, orange horseshoe cove or whatever. Oh man, that's still like another like mile at least. And we're like, yeah, you know, we're we're halfway there. Well, I could take one of you guys, but uh, I got my dogs with me, and it's like these two like still as a statue. So there's a lot of air traffic over the house right now. Oh, you're good. Uh, so he's got these two Dobermans that are like sitting just as still as a statue, and then of course we're in the midst of you know coronavirus. None of us have masks on. He doesn't have a mask on, so. For a split second, Eric and I each give each other a look like, all I want you to do is tell me it's okay and I'm going to go. But, uh, you know, I've seen enough Lifetime movies and and read enough Missing 411 and uh, murder documentaries. I just kind of looked at the guy and I said, man, if it's all the same, we appreciate it. But I think we're just going to, you know. Luckily, you had a pass because of COVID. (laughs) You didn't offend him too much. Yeah, right. And and he was cool. He's like, hey, I get it. It's totally uh, cool, man. He was like, all right, guys, I man, I totally understand, you know, but you know they did catch the Golden State Killer, so you're cool, man. <laughs> <Like>. <laughs> right. So uh, he's just like, all right, man, well, good luck, guys, and gave us the total, like, pinky thumb surfs up nice. thing. and <laughs> Shaka, bro, and then he rolled the window. Well, the reason why I asked that off, question but... is because I've never picked up a hitchhiker, and I don't think I ever would, but if I happen to see a dude struggling to walk with a peg leg – probably gonna mm-hmm. stop and be like yo you need help dude because a peg leg's hard Swerve. to fucking walk on i would imagine <laughs> but yeah. if he was like but seven I mean, foot tall a... yeah yeah that's true i don't know i don't know i like the idea of it not being a bigfoot but more of a, a troll yeah. creature man that's i mean no no offense to bigfoot but we need some yeah like for me like i think man. even if the person wasn't walking fine if i seen a peg leg i'm like all right 
I got to see this in person. So I'm going to pull over real quick. Hey, what's up, man? Uh, you mind if I check out your peg leg? <laughs> Are you <laughs> a <laughs> troll? Arr, have you seen the black pearl? <laughs> Are you a troll oh, or man. a Bigfoot? Bigfoot, get the fuck out of yeah. here. <laughs> he like, <laughs> take, a, take a leg sweep right of that fucking peg leg. He goes rolling down the cliff. Oh, no. <laughs> oh. Poor guy. Well, damn, Presto, that took a that definitely took a turn I wasn't yeah. expecting, man. Uh, all I knew is you were talking about the Stockholm troll sighting, and then shout boom, out to the you? one listener that was like heard that previous episode. What's this? Oh, peg leg Bigfoot? Oh, that sounds interesting. <laughs> we just dropped the big episode <laughs> on them. Second, yeah, <laughs> right. That shit. Yeah. Fuck you and your one sentence. <laughs> yeah. bullshit. Yeah. Oh. Um, and I do want to add, there is a really great 1986 movie called Troll. Um, it has actually, it's the first appearance, appearance, it's the first appearance of Harry Potter. If nobody knew that, that's right. The kid's name, the lead of the movie, his name is Harry Potter. Whoa. Yep. Technically he's Harry Potter Jr. because his dad's Harry Potter, but yep. So yeah, it's really awesome. It's, It's about a family who moves into an apartment and there's a troll that lives there. Ow, Jesus. Uh, there's a troll that lives there and it kidnaps the daughter and then poses as the daughter and it slowly is trying to turn everybody in the apartment complex into fey folk. It is some of the cheesiest, most terrible, amazing prosthetic uh, creature effects in an 80s movie and everybody should watch this Dude, film. don't forget to earn a scared stupid. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bugger lips. <laughs> All right, well, I think that just about does it, guys. Uh, that's a nice double-sized episode, and uh, I feel pretty good about this one, boys. I think we brought yeah. the heat. Cool. All right, Steve, what do you want to plug? Um, check out our Instagram at PXL Paranormal. It's where we post little things and the hashtags. Get on there and like and follow us and all that type of stuff. Get on the old Facebook, the site that everybody loves and everybody respects with all of their utmost dignity. Check us out on there uh, under <laughs> Pixelated Paranormal Podcast and share the posts, give us the likes, and send us messages on either platform as well. Your listener stories and any questions, comments, merch comments, questions, any of that type of stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we uh, just got some stickers hot off the presses, and then I'm just waiting to talk to my neighbor about the t shirts, and we'll get those mm-hmm, going. Mm-hmm. Uh, my voice just cracked like I am a 13-year-old boy. Yeah, so COVID, got to love it. Slowing down the progress since Ooh, March. and we got postcards, too. Don't forget that. Oh, that's true. Steve, we haven't uh, we haven't let you in on this little project that we were thinking about doing, so we'll have to, we'll have to mock cool. one up and show yeah. Steve, give him, a, give him a whole collection of them. But yeah, we got some fun stuff uh, up our sleeves for merch, so we'll tell you about it, Steve, off the air. Cool. I'm down. But, Cool, cool. Awesome. All right. Check out the rest of the shows on the Pixelated Sausage Network. Check out Pixelated Sausage, Attack the Backlog, and Amazingly Baka. And uh, 13 Nightmares is live and well. I just have to edit down that that episode Brady and I just recorded, and then we'll be back on full steam ahead with that. Mm -hmm. Presto, what do you got? And as always, if you need a beard, if you want a beard... If you want to grow a beard that's better than some hobo, shabby, peg leg, road troll beard, check out BigDopsBeardBomb.com and use promo code PXLPARA for 20% off your order. 
And check out scents such as Dundee Cedar, Bay Rum, Sweet Tobacco, Citrus, Fresh, Mint, Classic. And if you're listening, Dobbs, this would be the time that I think, you know, Pixelated Paranormal, like you should have a road troll scent just for us. Just saying, <laughs> you know. And then if you live in the Wichita oh area and uh, you need to get your hair all done up, go over to www.cutsbycolin.com and uh, book yourself an appointment today and ask for the Razzle Dazzle. I just got the Razzle Dazzle the other day and I look amazing. Or at least I think I look amazing. And then, you know, maybe your back's a little tense, your muscles are a little bit out of, out of whack. Go over to 3pillarshealth.com and book yourself an appointment with Benny and get some acupuncture done. Ooh, and breakfast. Paranormal experience. If you want a little bit of paranormal mm -hmm. breakfast in your life, go check them out. They're amazing. Oh, yeah. Normally, they're just uh, in a little food truck right outside of Spectrum Music. The yeah, you try to get one of our stickers so. on the truck. It'll be tight. Ooh, yeah. I, uh, I've i told them the last two times. Well, the first time I went there, I told them about the show, and the second time they cool. remembered me. Fuck so. it. This weekend, while we're like, you know, get done with record store day, let's go have a, uh, you know, Bigfoot burrito. Mm -hmm. Some some squanch yeah. tots. Steve, we'll definitely be yeah, bringing you some tight. sometime soon, man. We didn't go last weekend, or else we would have stopped by and brought you some. But oh yeah, that'd be fucking sick. Oh yeah, cool. And also in the Wichita area, stop by our friends down at CD Trade Post Pawnee and Seneca. Drop in, say hi to Leslie and the gang. Fast print down on Harry and Rock, and I think that just about does yeah. it, boys. So uh, we have no idea what's up for the next episode. It'll be a surprise, but I think it'll be a good one. Cool. All right. Well, with that being said, here's cheers to the weird shit in the world and those of us that love to talk about and it. Stay spooky and stay on the paranormal highway. Watch out for them peg legs. <laughs> the cast that Pixelated Paranormal would like to thank you for listening to this week's episode. Pixelated Paranormal is here to tell you tales of the fantastical, the strange, the unknown. Tales that will move you a little further down the paranormal highway. If you'd like to share your own listener story, we would love to hear it. Email us at pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. Again, that's pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. We'd really love to hear from you. Again, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange. And now a pointless rant tangent about Justice League and Jesse Eisenberg. Whoa, look at this fucking show. New HBO HBO Max show, sci-fi show called Raised by Wolves. And it's by Ridley Scott. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Fuck nice. HBO high. Max because they're, they're exclusive for that Snyder cut of Justice League. Yeah, get a seven-day pass or whatever it's called. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm sure if you wanted to, dude, <laughs> would let you use his login to watch that if you wanted to. Ooh. They're going to release it in a four-part miniseries. Yep. Because it's four hours long. Which is, it's nuts to me to know that literally they cut an entire, like, half of that movie out. Like, the final bad guy cut out. 
Yeah, that's why I don't, I don't, I don't listen to people's arguments about any of their fucking movies because everything good gets cut out. Mm-hmm. They film well, so much well, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're first of all, they're trying to use the formula that Marvel used to become so successful, and that's the funny, you know, buddy cop kind of shit. And they don't need that. What DC needs yeah. is just full on gritty, dark. Yep. That's what they need. Give up this shit, and that's what I have. That's what I'm worried about. James Gunn's whole uh, thing is. I think it's. I hope. I hope it's not too much like Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. And I was on board until I saw that fucking weasel character, and I'm like, that's just a fucking knockoff Rocket Raccoon. Like, we don't need a, you know, a, a walking, talking animal yeah. in this shit. But anyway. But like, it's hard not to have that comedy buddy factor with Harley Quinn in it, because she's all vocal. Oh, yeah. Just like Joker. Vocal, vocal, yeah, vocal. Exactly. But uh, they did the same thing with um, What's-His-Nuts Joker in uh, Suicide Squad. They yeah. actually filmed like an hour and a half. Of That's what like, I'm saying. That's why I don't listen to anybody's complaints about him or fucking Ben Affleck. Mm-hmm. Fuck all y'all. Anybody that fucking discredits either one of them, they didn't get a chance. I'm sorry, you didn't. Yeah. But hey, you that fucking, that they, new uh, the, the new the Batman trailer, like holy crap! Like I, I was like totally against Patterson, but then I saw the <sighs> teaser trailer for that. I'm like, Ooh, don't make me hang this up. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go watch that. So yeah, <laughs> that looks oh, good, man. God. That dude is a phenomenal fucking actor. Yeah. And people are so caught up on his fucking Twilight shit. Well, and what's funny too is like, I'm gonna I'm gonna drop a bomb on everybody here. Go watch him in the lighthouse. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna drop a bomb on everybody here. The Twilight vampires were not the first vampires to sparkle. Yeah. Lost boys, those vampires actually sparkled. When exposed to UV light, they sparkled too. It's and just one. like... Um, yeah, that movie had Michael, Michael. <laughs> what was um, uh, What's Her Nuts that played in uh, Twilight um, Underwater? Kristen, that, Kristen Stewart, yeah. Yeah, the, that movie I have it on my voodoo, like, oh, wow. Like, I wasn't expecting to like that. Right? Yeah, that's what I've heard, but it, Or her in the movie fucking uh, American Ultra with Jesse Eisenberg. Oh, God. How do the you, fucking how shit. How do you ask yourself, guys... I know we've already cast one person who has the fucking emotional span of a fucking brick. How, That's why you need to watch that movie because it makes that? sense. Oh, we'll get Jesse it Eisenberg on there, who also wow. has the fucking emotional range and personality of a washcloth that's been drying for two hours. Not at all. You don't think so? I challenge you to listen to that dude speak and his his views on I shit. I can't. Awesome. He's just so fucking just monotone. Not at all. That dude's a fucking that dude's a fucking activist like a motherfucker. Yeah. It's awesome. You want to know what ruined the fucking a Justice League movie? It wasn't Snyder's cut getting cut. It's fucking <laughs> Jesse Eisenberg trying to be the fucking guy from the Facebook movie. Yeah. As Lex Luthor. Anyway, the good news is, I'm not... guys, I'm cutting this and putting it at the end of the episode, so people are going to get to hear this. <laughs> I'm not I'm not saying that he's the best actor ever, but in that American Ultra movie with mm-hmm. her in it, it fits both of their on-screen personalities, how they do their acting. Is it just a brick with plot. a fucking washcloth over top of it for two hours? Yeah. Is it what? <laughs> no. I'll, it's it's fucking it's an awesome. I'll movie. give it a shot. Somebody else recommended Vivarium to me, so I'm gonna check that out. My mom told me to watch it, and my buddy Seth both told me to watch it. Two people's opinions I trust very much when it comes to movies, so I'll check it out. So yeah, but yeah, I'll I'll cut all that out and stick it at the end of the episode. So after the, <laughs> after the, after the credits, we'll uh, <laughs> people will get to well, not it. the not the political shit. Please. No, oh god, no, no, no. Yeah, trust oh. me. <laughs> that's when you're like, that's when you're like, I don't understand what you edit out of shows. No, you'll you'll understand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all the hate comes in. You know what to cut and what to leave in, and it's always the political shit that gets cut. So 
Okay, cool. Well, I've got all this. Uh, I've got all this figured out here. So 